Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. A good Friday morning. That's right, I said Friday morning, St. Louis, at all points north, south, east, and west, and any place in between. You know what I think it's time to do on a Friday? Oh, yeah, it's never too early. It's never too early for a cold diet soda. Ah, Boy, that tastes good. Refreshing, doesn't it? Glad to be back in the saddle after a day yesterday, which was very bizarre. Woke up yesterday with outrageous nausea. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's true. Maybe men can get pregnant. Could have been morning sickness. Liberals would say so. They would say, have you checked with your OB doctor to see if you're pregnant? Well, I didn't do that. Uh, And lo and behold, presto, I'm not. And it went away a couple of hours later. And uh, man, it was brutal, though. I don't know where that came from. A lot of allergies in the air. Don't know if that caused it, but I am susceptible to allergies, as most people are, and this is the worst place in the country for that. And this is the worst time of year for that. So, fellow allergy sufferers, I feel for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for all of us. Praying for this country. That's for damn sure. Yikes. That's just a big yikes with a capital Y. A lot of things transpired, of course, in 24 hours. You take a day and... Lo and behold, everything you planned for yesterday might have been knocked out of the water. Though we're not going to go gavel-to-gavel coverage of the Queen's death. I understand it's an important thing. Very important thing. But it's not that important to us. And despite rumors, the Liberals did not poison my coffee, nor did they poison the Queen's coffee. Not for lack of a a trying. I I hope the Queen has had a taster all her life. I don't have one, so, but I don't drink coffee, so I'm pretty sure they didn't get into that. But the Queen's passing after 70 years of ruling in England. I'm telling you this. Here's what I'll say about the Queen. What a gig. Where do you sign up for that gig, huh? Talk about a lucky birth. Whew. I don't care how many times you win the lottery, you can't win the lottery more than that family wins it every day. And I'm sure there's plenty of people in England and the United Kingdom that are tired of having the monarchy, but there's plenty of people that aren't. Apparently, she had a 90% popularity ready. Boy, would Biden kill for that. Don't give him any ideas. He might kill for that. He's killed for less. He's killed in Afghanistan. He's killed for a lot less. He's killed at the border. People just keep dying daily down there at the border trying to cross a border that the... uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre claims doesn't exist. Nobody's crossing the border. She said so. She said so, so that makes it so. There's very few election primaries that are still toss-ups. We're going to talk about one of them, which is in New Hampshire, a little bit later on because of what's happening up there. Wait till you hear. Here in Missouri, uh, we may face at some point what 
they're facing in Alaska, and that's ranked voting. Mike Parson, our esteemed governor slash rancher, is in favor of ranked voting. We need to get him out of office as quickly as possible. I wonder if Eric Ryans would entertain another run for governor. Good grief. The only thing Parson's done that I agree with him is that he's kind of stayed out of everything. Good. Stay on your ranch. I know you'd rather be there. Stay there. I don't know why he ran for re-election. Further evidence, though, that this crazy country is crazier still, and we bring you the truth on this show, supported by facts and evidence, the only place you'll get that. But a publicity firm in Nashville who's been representing Jason Aldean, the country singer, a very talented country star, for almost 20 years, 17 years, has abruptly dropped him. Now you say to yourself, well, why would somebody drop a country star like Jason Aldean? Seems like a pretty good guy. No bad scandals surround him or his wife. Very attractive wife. She has a charity thing that she does. Great couple. Why would someone drop them? Well, this publicity firm called The Green Room announced that it will be parting ways with Jason Aldean. They issued a statement. Music has always been and remains the Green Room's core focus. So we had to make the difficult decision after 17 years to step away from representing Jason. We aren't the best people for the gig anymore, but we'll always be big fans of his music. He's one of the greatest live entertainers in country music. Now, why would you issue that statement and then not say why. You can only imagine people sitting there scratching their heads. Well, why? If he's such a great live performer, why would you drop representing him after 17 years? I mean, this is a five-time Grammy Award nominee, twice for the Best Country Album. Well, here's why. His wife posted a social media message. And some people apparently found it offensive. Oh, yeah. During the last week in August, Brittany Aldean shared an Instagram video. She has 2.3 million followers on Instagram. It was a picture of her, I guess a video of her, putting on makeup. And the caption read, I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life. Now, in a real country, in real times, when sanity prevailed, no one would think twice about that. In fact, women would probably say, I understand just what she means. I enjoy the girly life, too. Especially one who has all of the perks of wealth that Brittany Aldean enjoys. Now, he reacted, Jason Aldean reacted to the post with an emoji that was a laughing emoji. And he wrote, L-M-A-O. I'm glad they didn't, too, because you and I wouldn't have worked out. But, of course, the liberals were all offended. A country music artist by the name of Marin Morris. Anybody heard of Marin Morris? I don't even know if Marin Morris is a girl or a guy or perhaps an it. And Cassidy Pope both could not understand it and accused her of being transphobic. Pope wrote, you'd think celebs with beauty brands would see the positives in including LGBTQ people in their messaging. But instead, here we are, hearing someone compare their tomboy phase to someone waiting to transition. Real nice. 
And Marin Morris said, it's so easy to like not to be a scumbag human. Sell your clip-ins and zip it, Insurrection Barbie. Wow. So the same people who claim that you should be inclusive and be nice, and one of them said it's not hard to be nice. And then the very next phrase was, you scumbag human, you insurrection Barbie. Now, why do they refer to as an insurrection Barbie? Well, Brittany Aldean is a pretty woman, first of all, but she has a, a clothing line, and she also decided that she would respond to this attack, which is exactly what it is, with another tweet, this time uh, on Instagram, I should say, advocating for the genital mutilation of children under the disguise of love and calling it gender-affirming care is one of the worst evils. I will always support my children and do what I can to protect their innocence. I love it. She said her son recently wanted to become a dinosaur. And that her baby daughter may someday want to be a cat in the future. She said they're children. Some parents want to be accepted by society so badly that they're willing to make the life-altering decisions for their children who aren't old enough to fully comprehend the consequences of those actions. Love is protecting your child until they're mature enough as an adult to make their own life decisions. I thank my parents for allowing me to go through my tomboy phase without changing my gender. I love it. Now, she has a Barbie-inspired collection of conservative-themed merchandise, and so they immediately put out in her clothing line T-shirts and sweatshirts that said, Don't Tread on Our Kids. <laughs> Carpe diem to the Aldeans. Way to stand up to these psychopathic liberals. They're such psychopaths, they don't even know what they're doing. It's not hard to be a nice person, you scumbag. My God, they're hypocrites, aren't they? They're sickening hypocrites. But that's the latest sign that this country has gone wacko, that a PR firm would drop a superstar singer because his wife posted that she's thankful to her parents that during her tomboy phase they didn't change her sex. What a horrible thing to say. Just horrible. So now the insanity of the woke portion of the country. By the way, the woke faction of this country isn't that big. But the insanity of them have now, I guess, delved into country music. And we wondered how how difficult it was for Donald Trump to drain the swamp. The swamp apparently has now moved into the country music genre. We never thought it would, but it really hasn't. I don't know, like I said, I don't know who those people are who posted those responses to Brittany Aldean, but they're whack jobs. We can, we can confirm that. Never heard of either one of them, but by their own Instagram posts, they're whack jobs. And good for Brittany Aldean to not say, I apologize if I offended anyone. And the same for Jason Aldean. I apologize if my wife offended anyone. That's what you hear from most people, from most celebrities, especially in the Hollywood business or the music business. Immediately, that's their response. In this case, they basically told green rooms to go F themselves and anybody else who disagrees with them. We don't care. This is what we think. You don't have to agree. Nobody's forcing you to agree. But if you want to call me names, F off.
Good for Brittany Aldean and Jason Aldean. Finally, someone stands up to this woke crowd from the music or entertainment industry. It's about time. Do not back down. Do not. I don't want to see a tweet in the next few days. I apologize if I offended anybody. If somebody got offended, F them. That's their problem. It's not your problem. Nobody is going to stop buying Jason Aldean's uh, CDs or whatever you call them today. I would say records, but then I'd sound like Biden. But nobody's going to stop buying his music or downloading his music. In fact, it's probably going to skyrocket. He's going to become more popular, especially among the uh, the uh, country music crowd. According to a buddy of mine, Maren Morris is one of these new age country singers who's really a pop star. She's worked with rappers. Worked with rappers. You're not really a country star if you've worked with rappers. You have nothing in common. Jason Aldean, I might get some of his music today. Nice going. And to your wife, big thumbs up. If I was a woman, I'd probably buy some of her clothing line right now. But I'm not. Insurrection Barbie. God, these people are nuts. Wow. Speaking of nuts, with all of this coverage of the Queen, Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden must be thrilled people are leaving him alone. Nobody's noticing any of his stupid remarks. Like this one that he made. Now, remember what he said about Trump conservative supporters, the MAGA people, that we're all dangerous? Well, he said the next day, that he doesn't consider any Trump supporters a threat to the country. It's hard to hear, but if you listen closely, you'll hear him say this, and then you'll hear what he had said just the day before. I don't consider any Trump supporters. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. So he said we don't threaten the country, we're not a threat to the country, but then said that we're extremists who threaten the very foundation of the country. Hello? Anybody paying attention to this demented old man as he scuffles along? I've got some stuff for you a little bit later on you're just not going to believe. When he went out to Colorado after the fires and what he said. By the way, while he was speaking, good old Jilly girl, they all had masks on, by the way, if you can imagine that. Jilly had to stop him before he completely effed up and take over the mic herself. So if you've noticed, they've dispatched her now anywhere he is. Yesterday, over at the British Embassy to sign the condolences book for the Queen, he started to answer a question and she stopped him and moved him away from the media. So she's now decided that she is the protector of the imbecile. It's interesting when you have one dummy protecting another one. Maybe a movie could be written about that dumb and dumber perhaps oh i'm sorry it's already been done but not to this extent these two are real peaches ron johnson who's a senator in wisconsin up for re-election who has been campaigning and working diligently to expose all of the fraud about covid 
and has been blocked by the Biden regime at every turn, and yet he still has exposed them, along with Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa. Senator Johnson, has the Biden regime been honest on COVID? Uh, let's face it, the Biden administration, uh, their federal health agencies have not been honest. They've not been transparent. Uh, they are uh, certainly engaged in quashing free speech as opposed to protecting it. And that really ought to be the job of the United States president. Uh, they, they're always concerned about misinformation. They have probably spread more, spread more misinformation about COVID than anyone else. Uh, for example, President Biden uh, in July of 2016 said it's the pandemic of the unvaxxed. If you get vaccinated, you won't get infected, you won't transmit, you won't be hospitalized, you won't die. I knew at that time that it was a lie, and it's been proven to be a lie now, but he spread it, and of course the media never calls him on it. So I'm glad this judge is forcing transparency. The American people deserve the truth on COVID. Now the judge he's referring to is a judge in a case that has just ruled that Fauci and Karine Jean-Pierre have to turn over all of their emails regarding any comments about fa- uh, COVID and the response to it. Yikes. That won't be fun. Well, it'll be fun for us. won't be fun for Fauci and KG- KJP. Let's see how quickly they can pull a Hillary Clinton and destroy those emails. Now, you would think that someone from the government is going to keep an eye on that. But then again, look who's in power. Surely they won't, and Karine Jean-Pierre, the esteemed press secretary, has all of a sudden zipped her lip when she was asked yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre, what will those emails tell us? Uh, I can't comment on any specifically ongoing uh, litigation. I'd refer you, we would refer you to Department of Justice just as a general matter on this. In our battle against COVID-19, it has been critical for the American people to have access to factual, accurate, science-based information and ensuring that any media platforms have access to latest information. She was reading that answer right out of a binder. She can't even answer that simple question. By the way, You've been doing everything to make sure that we get honest, factual-based information? Since when? Everything they've told us is a lie. The research the other day that came out that ivermectin was successful in 92% of cases in which it was given from keeping people out of the hospital. 92%. You don't get that kind of ranking unless you're the Queen of England. But they hid that from us, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I can, I'm perfect evidence that Facebook hid it from you. I shared an article, a newspaper article, talking about the efficacy of ivermectin and got suspended from Facebook for 30 days. Didn't stop me, though. I took ivermectin when I got COVID, and it worked. It worked. But I took it because I listened to doctors, real doctors, who talked about it. Not government-paid hacks. The next time you take your medical advice from a government doctor should be the last time. Why in the hell would you ever believe one of them? They always have an agenda, always, 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 and underline always, and put a 100 exclamation points behind it. Always do they have an agenda. They are never telling you factual-based scientific data when it comes to their medical uh, people. They're always lying to you. Just as Biden and his cronies are trying to lie to you now with gas prices. Oh, the gas, Joe Biden's bringing the gas prices down. Well, 
He's selling off a million barrels per day from our strategic oil reserve. And what has that resulted in? Our strategic oil reserve is now the lowest since it's been since 1984. 1984, that's right. Wasn't that George Orwell's favorite year? Amazing. Department of Justice, as we expected, is appealing the special master decision. The appointment of the special master by Judge Aileen O'Connor, or Judge Aileen Connor. Now, why would you oppose that if you're the Department of Justice? Well, William Barr says because it's just wrong. But he's the only one who said that. Isn't that interesting? In terms of people that aren't having liberal blood run through their veins, he's the only one. I find that interesting because even a guy who is a liberal, staunch liberal, Alan Dershowitz, says the decision was 100% correct. And he believes the Department of Justice won't win on appeal. I might differ there with Professor Dershowitz because it's going to be heard in Washington, D.C. I think. I'm not 100% sure of that. I'd have to double-check that. But I believe it is. And if it is, you can count on the Trump side losing. But it's going to take a long time. It's going to take months. But if... If you think about it from a logical standpoint, I don't care if you're a lefty or a righty or anybody in between, you have to ask the question, why would the Department of Justice object to an impartial third party looking at their behavior in raiding the Trump estate in Mar-a-Lago? Why? If I do something that's right and someone accuses me of it being wrong and I say, well, let's find a third party. Let's ask somebody to judge whether we're right or wrong. I've said that to many people in my lifetime. I've always said, well, why don't you ask anybody else? We'll see what they think. And whatever they think, I'll go with. But nobody ever does. And in this case, they don't want anything to do with having the light shining upon their actions. They want nothing to do with that. Wouldn't you have more confidence in your government if the Department of Justice would have said, we welcome the special master, we want the truth to be known, and nothing we did was incorrect? Wouldn't that make you feel a little better about the government? Now, it would probably be a lie, but at least it would sound good. It would make it look as though they did something on the up and up. But they didn't. Not only didn't they say that, they didn't do that. Rand Paul thinks all America should be appalled at Fauci. I think that all of America should be appalled that America's doctor, the leading expert on COVID and public health, doesn't want to divulge information, doesn't want to divulge his communications with big tech. This is a guy that his modus operandi is to cover up and try to not allow any sunshine on any of his activities. He doesn't want sunshine shown on his activities. He knows he's a crook. Why are you hiding your emails? Why wouldn't you turn them over voluntarily? Why would a judge have to rule that you have to turn over your your COVID emails? It's amazing. These liberals will fight tooth and nail to resist turning over anything. Because they've lied about everything. That's why. You know it. I know it. They know it. And they know we know it. And their political games are almost funny if you didn't realize 
how much they play these. I just told you about the Biden gas price coming down. And there's one reason for that. By the way, those strategic oil reserves will stop being sold off once the election is held in November. Guarantee. And there'll be some excuse like, well, we don't want to deplete our reserves any further. It'll just so happen that November 10th will be the day. So you know that's coming up. So they're using that as some kind of political game to make you think you should vote for Democrats. And then Schumer, one of the whiniest, weaseliest, murdering, threatening guys on the planet. He threatened to kill two Supreme Court justices, Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, right on the courthouse steps. Nothing was done to him. But this little weasel now is trying to conjure up some sort of danger for mixed marriages or same-sex marriage and trying to tell everybody, hey, looks like that Roe versus Wade thing is working in our favor, so let's throw up this marriage thing. These damn Republicans. Hey, Chucky boy, should we remember why a vote on this marriage bill is so necessary? Let's remember why we're, a, a vote on the respect for marriage is necessary. Uh, millions upon millions of American women had their right taken away by the extremist MAGA Supreme Court in the Dobbs decision. And in a concurring opinion, Justice Thomas opened the door to the Supreme Court going even further. The MAGA rep Republicans are taking over the Republican Party, and they've made it abundantly clear they're not satisfied with repealing Roe. So when some Republicans say, oh, vote's unnecessary, it won't happen, they said the same thing about Roe. And here's where we are. We all want to pass this quickly. Only our two leading members on this issue, Senators Baldwin and Cinema, are working with Republicans to see if there are enough votes to pass the bill. But let me be clear. A vote will happen. A vote on marriage equality will happen on the Senate floor in the coming weeks. And I hope there will be 10 Republicans to support it. Let me be very clear. I told you, whenever a politician says that, they're lying to you. But his lies came before he said that even. The extremist Republicans on the Supreme Court. Now, it's funny because as a lawyer, I I had constitutional law, studied it, had to pass it. Couldn't Couldn't have gotten out of law school if I hadn't. And even a basic understanding of constitutional law will tell you that the Roe versus Wade decision was decided incorrectly back in the 70s. And all this this Supreme Court did was rectify that bad decision. And they have the Constitution to support them. You hear the liberals scream about some made-up freedom, which is what he just said. Millions of American women had their right to murder babies. He didn't say that. They always couch it in more flowery terms like gender-affirming care, which means cut your biological parts off of your body. That's gender-affirming care to liberals. Women's rights to choose, that's murdering babies code by liberals. Extremist MAGA Republican justices. So every Republican now from all of these clowns and the liberal Congress are going to be referred to now as MAGA Republicans. If you disagree with them and support anything conservative, you're a MAGA Republican. Now, first of all, a MAGA Republican, which I am, is a very nice compliment. It's a very high compliment to anyone who feels any sense of patriotism. 
if you believe that make America great again is a bad thing, then you're not a patriot. You belong in some third world country. Why would anyone in this country, a citizen of this country, think that making America great again is a bad thing? This is how dumb the liberals are. But it's also how dumb the population is because some of them buy it. Because the illiterate media pushes it. So when he says extremist mega Republican justices, it's another example of the liberals and their projection of things on you that they have done. So if those are extreme justices, weren't the ones back in the 70s, the liberal justices who decided Roe versus Wade incorrectly, weren't they extremist? And did anyone on the Republican side of the aisle try to ramrod different legislation through, calling them extremists? No. Did people protest and throw rocks through windows and threaten the lives of those judges? No. None of that happened. It only happens when the liberals don't like something. That's the only time it ever happens. And Schumer says, make no mistake, we'll, we'll take a vote on this quickly. I'll bet your ass you will. You'll take a vote on that before Election Day. Promise. Because that's all this is, is another election gambit for the liberals who have nothing to run on, so they run on fear. They want to fear-monger you into thinking that somehow these Republicans and their Supreme Court is going to take away gay marriage. (laughs) First of all, the gay marriage decision was incorrect. But I don't think that anyone is caring about that, to be honest with you. They care about murder. They don't really care who marries who. I don't care who marries who. I know that that decision was wrong by the Supreme Court. Because you've got to understand the Supreme Court does not make decisions based on right and wrong. They make decisions based on the Constitution. And whether it's silent on an issue, and if it is, it goes to the states. Or if it says something about an issue, then they decide on it. But, of course, liberals don't want you to know that. The media doesn't want you to know that. They want you to think, if you think something's right, then you should threaten the lives of Supreme Court justices if they don't agree with you. I hate Schumer. I really detest the ground that guy walks on. But I'm not in favor of someone killing him. He wants two Supreme Court justices dead, and some nut took him up on it. Now, the nut is in jail, but why isn't this weasel in jail? That's the real question. So who are they trotting out on the liberal side now as the potential presidential candidate in 2024 since they don't want anything to do with Biden? That's right. They're going back to Hildebeest. And here she comes in full glory in her little tent dresses, walking out on every TV show she can find, I believe three of them this week, promulgating her bullshit, and that's all she has. Hillary, do you think uh, Joe Biden gave a very strong and honest speech the other day when he called MAGA Republicans a threat to democracy? But it was a strong and necessary speech, and I would not second-guess any of the language. Fascism is a very big word. I know that. But so is socialism, and the Republicans call every Democrat who wants people to have health care a socialist. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think we do need to be careful with our language. My 
most fervent hope is that Republicans themselves will begin to reject all of that, you know, kind of reconstitute the Republican Party to where it used to be and not the, you know, party of Trump, which I think is very dangerous uh, to the country. She hopes that Republicans will reject all of that. What's all of that? Trump's policies? Because Trump's policies were damn successful. Thank God you didn't get in. So we, we want to reject what's successful. This is the way liberals think. She says we have to be careful with our language. But she thought that Biden gave a very strong and necessary speech. Necessary. Was it necessary to refer to 75 million people as dangerous extremists? Was that necessary? In her world, it was, because she's begging the Democrats to nominate her again. Begging. She says fascism is a very big word. Thank you, Hillary. By the way, he said semi-fascism, so you might want to get the facts right. We're only partly fascist. We're not completely fascist. But boy, she was in rare form. And then she tried to distinguish, because she's going to run for president, she tried to distinguish her bleaching her server, deleting over 30,000 emails, and destroying confidential records that she had possession of illegally. She wasn't president, remember? She was never president. So she never should have possessed them. She can't declassify anything. She tried to somehow say, well, go ahead and say it, Hillary. Was your situation different than Trump's? I had a very different situation where I was cleared and the guy just kept talking and talking and then came up with a new reason to talk some more 10 days before the election. James Comey. Yes, and there was I, there's no doubt at all that he uh, impacted uh, very negatively my chances of winning. So it was in the middle of an election. There was no there there, and the guy never shut up. Uh, so I think it's a really different um uh, comparison to what's going on here when it appears that the Justice Department and the FBI have been incredibly patient, quiet, careful until they finally apparently thought that uh, national security was at stake. Oh, it appears that apparently the FBI was extremely patient and quiet. Well, they're choir boys. The FBI and the Department of Justice, they're holier than thou in Hildebeest's world. But her complaining about Comey affecting her chances of winning, doesn't that fall into the category of not accepting defeat? Joe Biden said Republicans either win or they say they were cheated. But apparently that's what you do. And your little gal, Hildy, who still hasn't admitted that she lost. There's zero evidence that she didn't lose. There's overwhelming evidence this is the woman who's so kind and sweet and loving and caring that she broke every law under the book during that campaign. So, Hillary, were you the Secretary of State? I was the Secretary of State. I spent, you know, many days on airplanes flying from place to place encouraging people uh, to have a real democracy. And one of the hallmarks of a real democracy is the peaceful transfer of power. Um, was I happy when I beat Donald Trump by nearly 3 million votes but lost the Electoral College? No, I was not happy. Did I even for a nanosecond think 
I'm going to claim victory and try to get the Democrats to refuse to certify the election. No. No, I was not happy. (laughs) I was not happy. But not for a nanosecond did she dispute it. My God, how does this woman lie like this? Not for a nanosecond. Remember, she's the first one publicly who said everyone should resist Donald Trump. Everyone should resist him. Did she want fellow Democrats to not certify the election? Well, wait a minute. Several of them, including Jamie Raskin, objected during that process, the very process that took place on January 6th. They objected. I don't know what she's talking about. Which, by the way, is all of their rights. That's their right to do. I don't have any problem with Raskin and his other cronies doing it. It was so absurd, though, that you don't even know they did it. And I don't I don't object to Josh Hawley or anybody else doing it. That's their right. The liberals want to take away the right of these senators and these Congress people to object. The difference is there's real evidence of election fraud. At no point during the Trump-Hillary-Clinton election counting did counting stop at the same time in six different states where Hillary Clinton was ahead. At no point in the Trump-Hillary election did counting resume in all six of those swing states at the same time, and all of a sudden Donald Trump was ahead. That never happened. But it did happen with Biden. And no matter how many lies they tell, they can't get around that. They've never even tried to explain it, other than saying in Atlanta there was a pipe that burst, yuck, yuck, and of course there was no evidence of any massive flooding at the Fulton County Arena where votes were being counted. But no one in the media, that includes everybody at Fox, has ever interrogated any liberal with a very simple question. Please answer, how is it that vote counting stopped at the same time in six different swing states when Trump was well ahead. And when it resumed, he was behind in all six states. And over a 1,000 people have sworn under oath by way of affidavit that in those six states, they witnessed dumping of illegal ballots, all Biden ballots, overnight. Now, if you can explain all of that, I'll be satisfied the election wasn't rigged. But until you do, shut up. There's no other question that needs to be asked. But she claims somehow she was cheated. Remember, this is the woman who claimed not for a nanosecond. You're the same woman that knowingly perpetrated a false dossier to a FISA court under oath lying. You swore to its veracity and you were lying. You paid to create it knowing it was a lie. You then got Paul Manafort and others arrested. Roger Stone, arrested. That's how sweet you are. That's how accepting you were of that election campaign. And you did a lot more than that when you called for resistance. So don't give me any of your bullshit. I'm sick of that beast. Go away and take that daughter of yours with you. She's got her daughter sitting next to her nodding the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. 
But hey, the CBS uh, news anchor, the gal who does their evening news, I don't even know her name. Can you imagine ever saying that when Walter Cronkite was their news anchor? She says to Hillary, what makes a gutsy woman? Hillary? How would you describe a gutsy woman? I think a gutsy woman is determined to make the most of her own life, but also to try to use whatever skills, talents, persistence that she has uh, to bring others along. To bring others along. What the hell is she talking about? A gutsy woman. What she's saying is, I'm a gutsy woman. You're a lying, no-account cheat. That's all you are. You're a criminal. You're responsible for four people being murdered in Benghazi. And you don't care because you said you don't care at a public hearing. What difference does it make, you said? Well, it makes a big difference in the lives of those four people and their families. Guarantee it. But that's what you are, Miss Gutsy. I would say that you're gutsy to ever show your face again. Yeah, I would say that. Because I would think that somebody from one of those families or a friend of theirs or some delusional guy from Belleville might take a gun and shoot me. By the way, they staged this interview in a diner. How many times do you think Hildebeest goes to a diner? But she's got the common touch. Just like Gavin Newsom out in California who claims that he, Gavin Newsom, follows all the laws, so everyone else should be prepared to sacrifice and do their part. Right, Gavin? Everyone has to do their part to help step up for just a few more days. In the early morning hours, particularly tomorrow and the next day or so, pre-cool your home. Run your air conditioning earlier in the day when more power is available. Close your windows and blinds to keep your home cool as well. And today and tomorrow afternoon after 4 p.m., in particular 4 p.m., please turn your thermostat up to 78 degrees or higher. Now, he was saying all of this with a fleece on, his California bear on it, and a cap with a California bear on it. Now, do you think that the thermostat where he was speaking was plus 78 degrees? Why would you need a fleece? I mean, if the environment you're in is over 78 degrees, you should be in a golf shirt or less. Could wear one of those muscle shirts like the rock wore last night while he screamed something into the microphone at the Rams bills kickoff game. I don't know what he screamed. Same thing. He screamed at the Super Bowl last year. What he really did was wore one of these muscle shirts to show the effect that steroids can have on you. What's Gavin Newsom talking about? Everyone should do their part. You mean like you did when you told everyone to do their part and wear their masks and stay at home and you were seen, videoed, at a swanky restaurant in Napa Valley the very next night with all your buddies maskless. So yeah, do your part, everybody. I've got my fleece on here because it's so damn cold in this room. But turn that thermostat up, would you please, at your house? Or better yet, at SoFi Stadium last night. Do you think the Rams and the NFL did their part? Do you think they were conserving electricity at the Rams game last night when every dasher board in the stadium was constantly flashing a different message? Did they do their part? I don't think so. There was no evidence that the Rams or the NFL did anything 
to conserve energy in Los Angeles last night for their grand celebration of the opening of the NFL season. Not one thing. What they did do was put those Black Lives Matter messages all over the joint. And you can't can't be flat you can't stop flashing those on your dashboards. Everybody needs to be reminded that everyone in this country is a racist that's white. And the NFL does a good job of reminding people of that. I don't think they believe that white people even watch the NFL anymore. Every commercial is all black people. The, the national anthem singers are all black now. Now, they had Ozzie Newsom. I'm sorry, Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Osbourne did the halftime last night. But I think they believe he's a transvestite or a, some sort of transgender person. He's such a lunatic that he kind of fits right in with them. So they're not sure what he is, so they thought they'd probably give him a chance. That way, if someone complained about the rest of it, they said, well, he's white. But everything else was geared to black people. Nothing wrong with gearing some advertisements to black people, but not every one of them. Again, 12 to 13% of the country's population is black. 62% is white. They all, the liberals always want to go by the numbers, don't they? Yeah, we want equality. Well, that's not equality. If 61% or 62% of the population is white and 12 or 13% is black, why isn't it true that 60% of every person we see in these commercials and on the broadcast are white? But they're not. Three out of the four pregame hosts were black. Three out of four. That's 75% of the pregame crew was black. And yet 62% of the country, in some polls 64%, of the country's white. What's that all about? I thought you wanted equality. And the lead play-by-play guy now who was white and who's a Hall of Fame announcer, Al Michaels, has now been replaced by a complete boob who can't shut his mouth, Mike Tirico, who's black. Mike Tirico wants everybody's job. He took Costas' job. He's now taking Al Michaels' job. Who else's job is he after? you got to wonder. And I wouldn't even notice this except they shove it down your throat. To the extent where they don't even think, I guess, white people support the NFL anymore. I've got news for them. It's white people who pay all their bills, just so they know. I would bet without even having a list of their advertisers or the sponsors in the stadium that 90% of those companies are run by white people. Now, they might be woke white people, which is even worse. If I were black, I'd tell the woke people, don't you associate with anything I'm involved in. Now, one thing that's pro-black, and, and certainly the highest percentage, is the players. 75 to 80% of the players in the NFL are black. Shouldn't we be screaming for equality? Where's the equality in that? How about the NBA? That's even greater. What about that? But we don't scream about that because we're not lunatics. But we certainly notice it when they're trying to shove all of the advertising and all of the the singers and everything else right down our throat. And they're messaging on the field. Do you think they'd ever put something on, on that field that said white people are okay? Maybe just something like that. White people aren't racist. Could you put that on your field? I don't think they could. But Gavin Newsom is freezing cold. Wearing his fleece in his air-conditioned office or wherever he was, recording a message telling Californians, do your part. Turn your thermostat up 
past 78 degrees, even though the one that I'm speaking in is at about 65. But you do your part, you peasants. I'm Gavin Newsom. And I'll guarantee you where he was during that game last night, he was in some air-conditioned suite. He's not like the mother of one of the players on the field, Sheldon Diggs' mother, who was sitting there waving herself with a fan to try to stay cool in the 97-degree heat in Los Angeles. She needed a fan to keep cool, but Gavin Newsom didn't. I'll bet you didn't see him waving a fan to keep cool. You don't need a fan to keep cool when the suite is air-conditioned to about 65 degrees. Free booze flowing, free food. Pretty sickening. But that's Gavin Newsom for you. That's their star. That's their poster boy. It's going to be Newsom against Clinton. (laughs) It is something to chuckle about. Ain't no doubt about that. Now, Ted Cruz understands that today's Democratic Party is all about California and their elitists. Today's Democrat Party is all about California environmentalist billionaires. I love that Gavin Newsom was wearing his fleece, obviously in cool air conditioning, saying, let them eat cake, let them sweat, you don't get air conditioning. It's like John Kerry, who flies his private jet all over the planet lecturing people that you poor gritty working class with dirt under your fingernails you need to go without an automobile you need to turn your air conditioner off in fact you need to just stay home and eat worms (laughs) he's right that's what these people think you peasant who wouldn't have thought of that fleece and said something immediately hey dumbass You've got a fleece on, and you're telling people to turn their thermostats up to 78-plus degrees. Why don't you just put a parka on and a pair of gloves and shiver a little bit, you stupid ass? What a moron. And Cruz is spot on. And and then you have Joy Behor, who hasn't said anything recognizable in decades, trying to blame Trump and, and somehow tie into Trump and his documents at Mar-a-Lago to the burial site for his wife, which is on the property at Bedminster Golf Club in New Jersey that Trump owns. Now, why would anyone think there was something wrong about that? Ivana Trump, with a gravestone that has her name on it, buried in a very public place, would have meant defacing, vandalism, all kinds of crimes would have been committed on that grave, and we all know it. But Joy Behor doesn't. The nice thing about it that I've been, I mean, I've been hearing about all of this for right, months right. now. You say, well, what is his intention? What was he going to do with that? He was going to do those documents. And, you know, always follow the money with Trump, you know? I mean, didn't he just uh, bury his ex-wife on his golf course so he could get a tax break? Was I mean, true? Well, yeah, well, she's buried there. Is she really buried there? Yeah. Buried and, every time, tax breaks, and every so, time I see poor yeah. Melania's face, it looks like she's going to, is he going to put me on the ninth hole? Yeah. Yeah. You know? But, <laughs> Is that really where he, she's buried? Joy Behor's face should be on a shooting gallery. But the truth is, Ivana Trump's not buried on the golf course, you stupid ass. She's buried on the property. The property has a lot more than a golf course. He did it for a tax break. Follow the money with Trump. 
These people don't care what they say as long as they can slander Trump. As I said earlier, can you imagine if Ivana Trump's gravestone were in a public cemetery and the word got out where it is? What these people, these deranged liberals, and Bohor would have been leading the parade to somehow damage Ivana's final resting place. Trump did nothing but a class act in protecting her gravesite. I don't care if he would have made $10 billion off of it. It was classy. It was the right thing to do. We know how these people are. When Joe Paterno died at Penn State, they buried him in a cemetery completely at the far end of the cemetery in a corner because they feared the same thing. These liberal lunatics will do anything to break the law, and they don't care because they know they'll never get called on it. Hell, they know they'll never get prosecuted on it. Why would they worry about being prosecuted? I mean, truthfully, why? You have states like Illinois who are now issuing all of these things that they won't prosecute. Well, that's interesting. And some of them you wouldn't believe. But they're not alone. California, New York, every one of them. It's what they are. It's what they do. And this is how they act. And they'll never stop acting that way. But they don't care. They have no caring for what goes on. If you get shot by these people, let's put another murderer out of the street, see if he can murder again, and then he does. Everybody in Memphis that was responsible for that thug being back out on the street that murdered those four people the other night and the thug that murdered the girl, the the teacher who was out jogging, both of them should have still been in jail serving their sentences for heinous, violent crimes. Anyone who had a hand in their release should be put in jail for life and should be charged with accomplice as an accomplice to murder. Now, once you start doing that, you'll end this crap. All of this liberal bullshit has a simple ending. Start enforcing the law, and all of their crap goes away. But nobody does it. It is amazing. We've got a situation now where a black Duke volleyball player, a female, claims that when they played BYU in a packed auditorium, that one student from BYU kept referring to her as a nigger. This is what her claim was. Now, this student was apparently removed because she complained about it and banned from any athletic events at BYU. Can you believe that? Well, why wouldn't you believe it? I mean, come on. Here's the problem with it. There's nothing true about it. It's another lie. The easiest thing for a black person to say is, he called me that. And so that heinous crime of using that word, even though blacks refer to white people as crackers all the time, the use of that horrendous word is such a crime. But Will Cain from Fox, did it even happen? 
Apparently, this horrendous crime, probably, by the way, the highest crime in modern America, calling someone or showing yourself to be a racist or calling someone the most verboten word in the English language, went completely unanswered in a stadium of thousands. Not one student recorded it. Not one student heard it. Not one student told an officer who was positioned after the initial claim, because the claim is this went on for two volleyball sets. So not one person, no officer, no student, not only didn't record it, but didn't hear it happen. Not to mention all of the microphones, all of video inside of an NCAA Division I sport recording that game. No evidence whatsoever that this incident took place. Not, she said it happened for two sets. Can you imagine in any scenario, let's say you're at a Cardinal game and um, a black person comes up to the plate. Can you imagine someone calling him that repeatedly? For an hour or more, every time he comes up to the plate, and in, in a volleyball case, it was a lot more often than that, and not one person sitting around that student, not one usher, not one security officer, not one school administrator, not one said they heard it. Video of the student in question proves that he wasn't engaging in anything like that. But let's all rush in and believe the black female volleyball player because she said so. And that includes ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN. Every one of those networks ran with it like it were gospel truth. And it's a lie. Now the question becomes what's going to happen to that female Duke player. And I'll answer it for you. Nothing. It's so pathetically sickening that the coach of South Carolina's a team, Don Staley, said they will never play a basketball. She's the basketball coach, women's basketball, against BYU again. Canceled two games in the upcoming next two years, a home-and-home home series. She canceled them both based on a lie told by a Duke volleyball player. Isn't it funny how they rush to believe the black female volleyball player with no evidence and yet they doubted the story of the Duke White Duke lacrosse players with all kinds of evidence in their favor. They wanted to accuse them and charge them, well, they did accuse them, and they did charge them, of rape. So here we have the greatest contrast of all, white lacrosse Duke players, a black Duke female volleyball player, believe the black female volleyball player with no evidence, call the white Duke lacrosse players with all kinds of evidence to exonerate them, a rapist. What would you rather be called? I'd rather be called anything other than a rapist except pedophile. Pedophile and and rapist, if you call me those two things, those are fighting words. I'm not offended by them. I'm just going to kick your ass. If I can. If I can't, I'll... Lose trying. It's a, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But it is what it is. You call somebody that, and of course it's so easy to call somebody a racist now. It's a horrible thing, except thanks, thanks, to, thanks to the liberals, being called a racist now is almost a compliment. Because you know it's a lie. 
and it means that you're getting to them. You know you're getting to them when they call you a racist. So, all I can tell you is call me a racist, call me whatever you want to call me. I don't care. But you call me a pedophile or a rapist, as you did those Duke kids, and now you're going to hear from me. Now you're going to hear about it. So that's what's going on in this wonderful country of ours now, where anybody that's black can call a white guy a racist, claim that he called me this for an hour or more straight, didn't stop, just the claim would make you say, you sound like you're full of crap. Before you even investigated, would you believe that? I wouldn't. My first thought would be, you're lying, but let's look into it. And then when all of the evidence says, every single piece of security video, everyone around this student all the security guards, all the ushers, all the school administrators and the officials, no one heard it except that player. Rabbit ears would be an understatement. And now what are they going to do for the kid that they kicked out and banned for life? What are they going to do for him? I'll tell you what they're going to do for him. They're going to have to answer to a lawsuit. I'll guarantee you that. And I hope he sues the pants off of BYU. I hope he gets that Mormon money stuff straight in his pockets because he deserves it. And then the lying of the liberals, of course, never stops. We've got a lying black female a lacrosse player at Duke. We've got the liar of liars, uh, Randy Weingarten, who said this the other day, no teacher I know enjoyed remote and hybrid learning which pre-pandemic was championed by Betsy DeVos. He was the education secretary for President Trump. Not one teacher relished teaching art class by way of Zoom to 40 students, 20 of them in a classroom and 20 at home. While former President Donald Trump and his education secretary, Ms. DeVos, ranted and raved, their successors put the safety measures in place to get reopening done. What safety measures? What have school districts done thanks to Biden, to make the school classroom safe from COVID. Can you please tell me? Randy Weingarten, you effing liar. The answer, of course, is nothing. And if they claim that they put new air ducts in, my question to them would be, why haven't you been replacing them over time anyway? Apparently, you didn't care about the kids' safety. Who's cleaning those air ducts? But as we all know, It didn't matter anyway, but it did to Weingarten because it deflects away from her all of her lying, and Betsy DeVos was having none of it. Betsy DeVos, should Randy Weingarten own up to her lies? Randy Weingarten should own up to the mistakes that they made and the the way they have harmed kids and harmed families across the country, and yet all she's doing is blaming everyone else. And this is, is not, this is not about teachers. This is about Randy Weingarten and all of her allies who continue to control everything with the Democrat Party, 99% of their contributions going directly to Democrats to do their bidding. They have failed the American people, and they have especially failed the kids they're supposed to be serving today. Carpe diem to Betsy DeVos. She's correct. 
You know it. I know it. She knows it. Weingarten, the liar, knows it. Weingarten pretending to care about kids. That's like Biden pretending to care about soldiers. We know that neither is true. You know, and in the Duke lacrosse case, what what's going to come out of that next from that black uh, volleyball player? Are we going to have a second racist on the grassy knoll? Well, you know, it wasn't just him. There was somebody else. That'll be the headline I can see now. Second racist on the grassy knoll. Because all these white BYU Mormons are all racist. We Don't we know that already? Here's something that's going to be very damaging to the ego and the life and the psyche of Hildebeest. And I mean this sincerely. This is going to blow her head up. The first female president in this country is going to be Carrie Lake from Utah. I'm sorry, from Arizona. Carrie Lake is going to be the next governor in Arizona. And eventually she'll be president. And if Donald Trump doesn't run and Ron DeSantis does, DeSantis will be very smart in picking Carrie Lake as his running mate. We played for you a few weeks ago Carrie Lake telling that reporter off. She pulls no punches. None. So the other day at a news conference, she is the Republican nominee for governor, and friends of mine in Arizona tell me that she has pulled ahead, well ahead. But she was uh, asked if President Trump is dividing the country by falsely claiming that he won the 2020 election. Here's Carrie Lake's response. Questioning an election where there are obviously problems is, is dividing the country? Since when can we not ask questions about our elections? As a journalist for many years, I was a journalist after 2016, and I distinctly remember many people just like you asking a lot of questions about the 2016 election results. And nobody tried to shut you up. Nobody tried to tell Hillary Clinton to shut up. Nobody tried to tell Kamala Harris when she was questioning the uh, legitimacy of these electronic voting machines to stop. We have freedom of speech in this country, and you of all people should appreciate that. You're supposedly a journalist. You should appreciate that. So I don't see how asking questions about an election where there are many problems is dividing a country. What I do see dividing a country is shutting people down, censoring people, canceling people, trying to destroy people's lives when they do ask questions. Last I heard, we still have the Constitution. It's hanging by a thread, thanks to some of the work some people in this area have done. But we're going to save that Constitution, and we're going to bring back freedom of speech. And maybe someday you'll thank us for that. Carpe quadruple diem, Carrie Lake. Man, did she handle that with grace under pressure. And she put that reporter right in his place. That smart ass. You could barely hear his question, so I didn't play it for you. But the, the, the tone of his voice. And she just teed it up and then knocked it out of the park. She treats the media like they should be treated, like clowns, just like Donald Trump treats them. They've earned it, and so you give people what they earn, don't you? I do. I try to always give people what they earn. You want to be a disrespectful jackass? I'll treat you like one. And you're a disrespectful jackass, media people. And, of course, we've got Karine Jean-Pierre lecturing us all that she won't take any lectures, especially when they're from people like Ted Cruz. I certainly don't need lectures uh, or invitations from Republicans about the border or uh, border policies. 
and um, you know, and I certainly won't take advice on border from from anyone who voted uh, against uh, securing record level of funding uh, for the Department of uh, Homeland Security. <laughs> Which is a lie. Ted Cruz didn't vote against anything like that. He voted against a gigantic bill. They always do that. The Democrats do. They'll have this gigantic spending bill, and they'll put in there something like. And uh, $10 goes to the invalid nuns at the Catholic Church. And then it'll say, Republicans hate the Catholic Church. They voted against this bill. They're psychopaths. They really are. And you know what? You're illiterate if you believe any of their crap. You need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm an illiterate buffoon if I believe anything the Democrats say. And 90% of what the Republicans say. But at least they don't complain and whine and bitch all the time and throw rocks through windows and burn buildings and burn police cars. They don't do that because they have to go to work the next day. But the unemployed liberals do. The same ones who want everything for free. Well, Ted Cruz decided that that deserved a response. He invited her, but he had invited her, by the way, what she was talking about, to come to the border and take a walk with him along the border and, the, and with the Border Patrol agents. So what he says is, this is what we're used to and what we're not used to. What we're not used to, what is unusual, is to see a White House press secretary that will stand there and just flat out lie. She was asked about people walking across the border, and she said, nobody's doing it. That's not happening. Nobody is walking illegally across the border. And that's not just a little bit wrong. It is wildly, completely 180 degrees false. In the last year and a half, Four and one half million illegal immigrants have walked or swum or been on a raft across the border. All of that is because of Joe Biden's open border policy. And yet she denied it. She said to Peter Ducey that no one's walking across the border. And then she won't come down there when Ted Cruz invites her. So I would ask Ted Cruz, does Karine Jean-Pierre have the integrity to admit that she lied? Does, does Corrine Jean-Pierre, does she have the, the integrity, does she have the courage when she sees dozens and hundreds of illegal aliens in any one hour to say, I lied to you? And if she doesn't, why is Joe Biden paying her to lie to the American people? And why are the docile sheep in the press room, why is every one of them not writing on the front page of the paper, pants on fire? If they're not, they're complicit in lying to the American people. Carpe diem, Senator Cruz. It's exactly right, but you already know that the media won't do that. But they are complicit in lying, and they've been carrying the bucket of lies for the Democrats for a long, long time. Long time. And they seem proud to carry it, the little sycophants. They're proud to carry it because they're born liars themselves. And Karine Jean-Pierre is the only person I know who is a pathological liar that has to read her lies from a binder. She can't even lie without reading it. I've never seen anything so embarrassing in my life. That's a press secretary for you in these days. Now, I said earlier in the show that you'd hear from Biden at in Colorado after the fires had ravaged some of the Colorado countryside. And imagine a president going out there to comfort people and these are the first remarks he makes. Hey, folks, we're about to pick the basketball teams right now, so 
with your first pick. Hey, uh. Can you imagine that? Did you hear the one person try to force a laugh? He thought that was funny. I didn't quite understand the reference at all, actually. He was in a gym. Maybe that was it. People have had their property and their life's belongings destroyed from fire, and Biden says, hey, folks, we're about to pick a basketball team. I get the first pick. (laughs) But this is Biden telling us all how he's going to reduce the deficit, or was he telling us all how he was going to ridididididididifer? Try to listen and see which is correct. You know how much... You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? One trillion five hundred thousand. What was that? I know he meant reduce the deficit, but let's hear what he actually said. You know how much? You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? One trillion five hundred thousand. Reduce the deficit. That's what I heard. You know how much? You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? One trillion five hundred thousand. My God, he's a fruitcake. <laughs> I told you when he starts reading off the teleprompter, he starts rushing. So that's when he starts slurring his phrases together and many times comes up with words like that. I mean, it's not unusual to hear him come up with words like that. He does it all the time. I still think it's funny. And, of course, most media doesn't point it out, but we do. That's our duty. We just kind of feel like we should do it, right? That's something we need to do. And yet, even when you hear him say things that absurd and that ridiculous and the basketball thing, you have people like Obama going up to the White House to admire his painting, uh, he and his whatever she is, that will now be on the walls of the White House. And Obama somehow thinks he's, you know, Mr. Hip Hop funny and makes a joke about a dog. I guess he's insinuating that Donald Trump should have a dog and then makes the remark about O'Biden. Someone once said that if you're looking for a friend in Washington, get a dog. Our family was lucky enough to have two wonderful dogs, but I was even luckier to have a chance to spend eight years working day and night with a man who became a true partner and a true friend. Joe, it is now America's good fortune to have you as president. I don't know how you say that with a straight face. Don't you love how Obama always accents the word? He's become a true friend and a true partner. We were in the White House for eight years. Somebody said you should get a dog. So we had two dogs. Mr. Hip-Hop, he really thinks he's cool, doesn't he? But it just shows you they have no shame. When you could actually say, amidst all of the disasters of Biden's two years, we can actually tell the American public we're fortunate that we have him as president. The guy who just said, that guy, we're fortunate to have him as our president. Can you imagine? That guy. Yeah, that guy. Say it a little louder next time, Jake. But according to Obama, we're fortunate to have that guy. It's one thing to to stump for your party. 
But when you take it to absurd levels, and I mean absurd levels, why would you do that? I don't know. Well, maybe this is the reason. We're changing people's lives. He starts yelling too, doesn't he? Old yeller. He's changed lives all right. None that I can think of for the better, though. John Kennedy, what has Biden decided? He has decided that he is going to try to convince the American people to hate Republicans more than the American people hate President Biden. It's an interesting approach. There's, there's just one problem with his approach. It's not just Republicans who think that the president is barking mad. <laughs> He's right. He wants to convince the American public to hate Republicans more than the people, the American public, hate him. And that we're all barking mad, but he's not. Wow. It's it's hard to imagine someone being that stupid. But he is. And I wonder if Senator Kennedy sees America differently than we do. Here's the situation as I see it. Uh, According to the polls, President Biden is about as popular as scurvy. (laughs) Now, the reason is no mystery. Uh, The president seems to have a blind spot for the lives and concerns of ordinary Americans. Ordinary Americans are worried about their jobs and inflation and their crashing 401ks, uh, crime, their kids' education. Uh, and whether their, their, their teenager is going to die from fentanyl poisoning. And President Biden never talks about those things. Instead, he seems more concerned with, um, with gender neutral pronouns and whether he's winning the war against oil production in America. Senator Kennedy, didn't you just hear Hussein Obama say how fortunate we are to have this guy as president? Aren't you paying attention, Senator? I mean, you know who Barry Hussein Obama is? He's the first mulatto president in our history. So we would listen to him over you. I mentioned earlier there's only a couple of races still up for grabs in the primaries. One of them, of course, has uh, gone past the primary stage in the general election now with Dr. Oz winning the primary in Pennsylvania and going against this Fetterman cat who had a stroke who shows that he has a, had a stroke recently every time he speaks, who appears in a hoodie with his sleeves pulled up to reveal tattoos everywhere on his arms, a guy who lived in his mommy's basement literally his entire adult life until his sister sold him a house for a dollar. He's a trust fund baby. He believes in allowing prisoners to immediately go free no matter what crimes they've committed. Newt Gingrich, even if he were healthy, how can he get away with those policies? Even if Fetterman were healthy, how is he going to defend his record? You know, Biden came to Philadelphia to give a remarkably hateful speech last week. Philadelphia is on the way to setting a record for the number of murders, carjackings, armed robberies. Seventy percent of Philadelphians say that crime and safety are their number one concern. Fetterman voted by himself 
on 25 different occasions to release murderers who nobody else on the parole board thought should be put back on the street. Uh, Fetterman has called for releasing one-third of all the criminals in Pennsylvania. This is during a crime wave in both Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Boy, let's run out and vote for him, huh? In New Hampshire, in the Republican primary... Now, you remember me talking about the Republican primary here in Missouri when the Rhinos and Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell joined forces to defeat Eric Reitens. They did so by making up lies and having his ex-wife make up lies and then made the TV ads all about the abusive Eric Greitens, even though there's not a speck of evidence that says so, even though he was fully exonerated by the judge in the divorce case, completely 100% exonerated. None of that mattered because all people heard was a female on television claiming as if it were Greitens' ex-wife that he abused her and their children, by the way, the same children he had custody of that very weekend. So as we all know, if any of us had an ex-spouse who abused our children, we wouldn't allow our children anywhere near them. I don't care what the court said. Until I got a ruling that this person should be exonerated, I would have every temporary restraining order I could find against that person and protect my kids. But Greitens' wife, Shauna, Shana, Shauna, whatever her name is, didn't have anything like that because he wasn't abusing anybody, including her ass. But Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell decided that they didn't want him, just like they've decided apparently that they don't want Caroline Levitt in New Hampshire. Now, she's a Republican running for Congress there. She's a New Hampshire by na- uh, person by native. I don't know what you call him a New Hampshireian. She's a native New Hampshireian. And the Democrats are so bad that when you lump Republicans in with these kinds of people, you understand how disgraceful the political world is. Here are the yard signs that the Democrats have put up to combat Caroline Levitt from winning a seat in Congress. It is a picture of an American flag that looks like a body with a neck, and up on the top of it is a hood, a hooded head. And the writing says... KKK airline for Congress. Now, it's one thing to have the liberals do that, which is despicable to begin with. In fact, they ought to uh, face heavy fines for that. If I put a sign up in my yard that says I support the KKK, do you think I'd be forced to take it down? I guarantee it. Guarantee it. So, Caroline Levitt, what are they doing to you in addition to that. The Democrats are viciously smearing me with the signs that you just talked about because I stand for strong borders and strong law and order. So apparently I'm a racist. I stand against men competing in female athletics. So apparently to them, I'm a transphobic and a homophobic. That's what the Democrats do. They can't stand on policy or solutions. So they attack you with personal smears. And that's what they've always done. You know, it's not even a new tactic. They've been doing it for decades. But they do it to an extreme level now. Because they really have nothing, and they're getting their ass whipped on every policy issue around. And they can't, they can't defend it. So they try to distract you. Let's call everybody a racist that's running against us. That's the number one issue in their playbook. Always call your opponent a racist. If they're black, call them an Uncle Tom. Call them a homophobe. Call them transphobic. That's if they're black. 
although they've even called some of the black people running for office, like Tim Scott, a white supremacist. That's how stupid they are. I don't think they know that Tim Scott's black. I really don't. So, Caroline Levitt, is it just the Democrats that are working against you? But it's not just the Democrats in this race that are attacking me. It's the Republicans, too. In fact, $5 million of dirty, dark, super PAC money from the Congressional Leadership Fund, Kevin McCarthy, Defending Main Street, have been attacking me and my family with television ads over the last week. And why is that? Voters in New Hampshire are wise, and they know it's because I'm the greatest threat to the establishment in this race. They laughed at me when I got into this thing last summer, and we are now in a dead heat tie with their hand-picked puppet heading into the primary on Tuesday. And then the establishment Republicans in D.C. are propping up my main primary contender, Matt Mowers, who is a former lobbyist for an opioid manufacturer, a former political operative for Chris Christie, for goodness sake, and they're spending $5 million to attack me, a homegrown conservative voice for our state. But again, the people are smart and they understand when they're attacking you, that means you're over the target and you're winning. And I have no doubt we are going to win. Imagine that. Imagine Republicans, rhino Republicans, Mitch McConnell and his gang, trying to defeat her when she stands for all of the things that a real conservative stands for. She stands for all of the things that this country stands for. And they're fighting her $5 million worth of ads to try to defeat her. So they get their, as she said, their handpicked puppet, who was a lobbyist for the opioid producers and manufacturers. This is who Mitch McConnell wants in Congress. What he wants is, as she called him, a handpicked puppet. Somebody who will do whatever Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell want them to do. I've always said it's no bargain to have McCarthy as the speaker, but that looks like a done deal. I do believe that the Senate can still force McConnell out. I don't know that he has enough backing in the Senate. But part of the Republican problem is the people that they have in leadership. Now, of course, it didn't hurt the Democrats. They have Pelosi and Schumer. You can't get any worse. As bad as McConnell is, he's better than Schumer. As bad as McCarthy is, he's better than Pelosi. But that shouldn't be the bar. The bar should be to have someone in charge of the Senate and the House that reflect conservative viewpoints and that reject all of this nonsense, all of this woke crap. So, Caroline Levitt, if we could vote for you, we'd do it. We'd cast a ballot in your favor. And I wish you the best, and I'll pray for you to be victorious and stick one right up the kazoo of McConnell and McCarthy and that gang. Call themselves Republicans. These are people that only call themselves Republicans because they're running in a very red area, whether it's a district or a state. They're really liberals at heart. We know that because we know what a thief and a communist McConnell is. He takes money from the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, how much more corrupt can he get? It's unbelievable. Well, let's take a break, and we'll take your phone calls. Of course, 636-538-0746. When we come back on the other side, we're going to tell you what Mayor Muriel Bowser uh, is doing in Washington, D.C. That's her, all right. We'll tell you what she's doing when we return.
welcome you back in. Kevin Slate with you in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlatenShow.com. You'll hear the podcast here later. You'll also hear the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Anchor, and any place else that carries podcasts. Our good friends at Taco Bell have the dollar crave menu up and open for you all morning and all day and all night. That's right. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. They've got that dollar crave menu ready and roaring. You can get that grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a buck, my favorite. You can also get a double stuffed taco for a dollar, grande burrito for the same. They have a breakfast quesadilla, bacon and sausage crumbles, egg and cheese, grilled in a flour tortilla for under $2. Even if you put steak on it, it's still under $3. Two different AM Crunch wraps are under 3 bucks. so is the grande scrambler. They have a $5 crave menu that's open all day and all night as well. And I believe in supporting locally owned and operated businesses, so I do. Here are the are the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. In Missouri, the Chesterfield Valley, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, St. Clair, Union, Washington. Over in Illinois, they're in Waterloo, Decatur, Carbondale, Springfield, DuCoin, Troy, Salem, Jerseyville, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. I think since it's Friday... And I want to remain in a good mood all day. Saturday Eve, I think I'll have to hit Taco Bell right after the show. I might even just get a, ta- a soft shell taco as opposed to the breakfast burrito today. I'm in the mood for a taco or two. Yes, I, I definitely see Taco Bell in my future on this Friday. But it is Saturday Eve, college football tonight, college football tomorrow. And then the NFL's first Sunday is this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs will be teeing it up, trying to go to the AFC Championship game for the fifth consecutive year. Think about that. Your conference championship game, you've made it four years in a row. You've lost twice, once to the Patriots because you had a guy jump offside. Unbelievable. And then to the Bengals last year because you stupidly went for two points when you shouldn't have, and you completely collapsed in the second half. In the middle two years, they went and won the Super Bowl against the 49ers, and they also lost a Super Bowl. So the Chiefs have, when people say, you know, there's a small window to win, under Patrick Mahomes' leadership at quarterback and Andy Reid as the coach, they have made the most of their window. They certainly hope to have another run or two in them. It's just too bad they didn't win that second Super Bowl because they should have. I thought they were going to, but they didn't. But they did win one, and they've been to the AFC Championship game, as I said, four consecutive years. I've even forgotten who they lost to now in the Super Bowl. That's how quickly you forget champions in a certain year. But my memory's weird. I can tell you who the champions were in the 60s, but I can't tell you who the Chiefs lost to the Super Bowl. Huh. Fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. It was an NFC team. We know that. All right, everybody out there. Who was it? Somebody will knock it out of the ballpark for me. Muriel Bowser in Washington, D.C. She's the mayor there. (laughs) Settle down now, Mayor Bowser. Settle down. Get back in your cage where you belong. She has declared a public emergency for the Washington, D.C. area. A public emergency. 
Why has she done this? Because, she says, the governors of Arizona and Texas have been busing migrants up to D.C. It was Tampa Bay. Thank you, my buddy. My good friend Joey reminded me it was Tampa Bay. That's right. Shoot, what am I thinking? It's Tom Brady going back to the Bucks, or going to the Bucks. But Bowser has now reacted like a crazy woman. So, And she has the power to establish a new department, the Office of Migrant Services. They can provide $10 million worth of services. She says, we're staying true, imagine this, to our D.C. values and building a system that will support a compassionate, consistent, and well-coordinated response. What she really meant to say is we're staying true to our D.C. values and we're unlawfully giving your tax money to these illegal aliens. That was what she was really saying. She says her office will seek reimbursement from the federal government for investing the $10 million in migrant services. What kind of a country allows a lot of their own population to remain homeless and yet gives your tax money to illegal aliens? There's nothing legal about these people. I don't feel sorry for them. They came here illegally. I'll tell you what. When the legal Hispanic population in this country decides that it's okay and they're happy with these illegals coming in, I'll be happy with it. What a slap in the face to anyone who's come to this country and used the law correctly and followed the proper procedures. It's a complete slap in their face. But not to Muriel Bowser... Who thinks it's okay? It's amazing, isn't it? It is really amazing. Sad. But she's a liar. And she's illegally giving them money. And that's even sadder still. Unbelievable. She she considers it an emergency when a few busloads of these illegals come to her city <laughs> while the states along the border, Texas and Mexico, have had 17 straight months of more than 150,000 unlawful crossings. And those are the ones they know about. Congressman from Texas, Brian Babin, said, I think whatever can get under the skin of these left-wing woke mayors works just fine with me. Good for him. Imagine them bad-mouthing Governor Abbott and anyone from Arizona and Governor DeSantis who buses them up there too. The migrants illegally are coming here because of the policies of Muriel Bowser's group. And now she's pissed off. This is an invasion. It's nothing short of an invasion. If this were the Chinese coming across the border, what do you think would happen? But I can promise you that some of the Chinese coming across the border would be much more orderly and much less prone to heinous violent crimes than the people that are crossing the border. We've already seen their act far too many times. 
But Muriel Bowser declares it an emergency when a few busloads show up. wonder what she would have been doing if she were running the state of Texas or one of the border-crossing cities. Well, every time these politicians, especially these liberals, tell you what the American people are thinking, you know right away they're lying. The American people think this or think that. Here's a new poll in the 2024 West Virginia Senate race where Joe Manchin, who's been the incumbent there forever, his waffling and his spineless decision to support Chuck Schumer is going to cost him his Senate seat. I didn't think he'd ever run again, and he may not, because when he sees these numbers, he probably won't. He's now trailing Jim Justice by 15 points, Patrick Morrissey by 14 points, and Alex Mooney by seven points. All three of those are Republicans. All three of them beating him by a minimum of seven points and as many as 15. This is a guy who's been the the senator from West Virginia for a long, long time, was a former governor there, and he's getting his ass kicked because the people of West Virginia are speaking for themselves. They don't need Charlie Schumer or Biden speaking for them. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. But they don't need that. They're speaking loudly and they're speaking clearly and they're making their choice known long ahead of time. And as the Department of Justice files their appeal, they're now claiming that more classified records may be missing. Of course there are. What would stop them from marking classified on every document they seized? Absolutely nothing. Kevin's up first. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. I'm glad you're doing better. Boy, it's, you know, it, I, I know you didn't feel good yesterday, uh, but, man, sometimes when we turn on your uh, your show in the morning and you're not there, you know, we kind of go in panic mode. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. I really do. And then I've learned to go check your Facebook page, and you, you thank you for the update, you know, that you give, so that we know that you're uh, you're, you're doing at least okay enough that we shouldn't worry about you too much, you know. <laughs> That's right. I'm, well, I'm, we never I'm okay. We, we, well, we just got to worry that you're not locked up in the gulag somewhere, you know. So. No, no, that, that you'd hear about that. <laughs> Uh, calling for a couple of things, uh, Kevin, this morning, uh, some things you talked about too. Um, you know, all this stuff you're talking about and you bring up, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's overwhelming to a point, but it's, it's just so crazy how our society's going with these, uh, with these politicians and with these, uh, these upcoming elections. Um, you know, being from Illinois, um, I sent you a couple things that, that I emailed you too, but, um, it's just the pandering from these politicians just never ceases to amaze me. Um, you know, last week in Illinois, the, uh, the, the, the governor and the head of the state police, Brendan Kelly, shows up in East St. Louis and says, hey, we're going to build a new state police District 9 headquarters in the city of East St. Louis when they're currently in the city of Collinsville. OK, <laughs> and they're ear- earmarking fifty five million dollars to build a facility. And it's going to be right next door to the Jackie Joyner Kersey um, um, place that she has there. It's going to be right next door there. And 
So they're all down there. And it's like, would you guys be announcing this if it was January of next year and not a couple months before the election for governor? Would you be announcing it then? Why, why now? You know, and, 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 and it's pretty easy to figure out. It's all about votes now. And, 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 and being from that area, uh, it's a way for them to say, well, yeah, we're helping you out and vote for us. And then if you don't vote for us, we're still going to have you vote for us when we cheat. And then we can say, well, no, they all voted for us. They love us. Sure. You know, and, and, and that's what they're, it, it's all this pandering that they're doing. And, um, and they, you know, they justified it that they share the building in Collinsville right now with the Department of Transportation. And here's why they need that. We got so much stuff going on in Illinois right now, but $55 million for a new state police headquarters for the district of district nine, which is just, you know, the St. Clair, Madison, Monroe, Randolph County area. And it's like, it's just all election pandering. They, they would announce this any other time. And, um, and another thing in Illinois, you know, you, you get taxed to death. They got another new law coming out that they're going to add a $4 charge to your insurance premium on your autos. If you have comprehensive insurance coverage, they're going to add a $4 charge to the, uh, the, the premiums now to pay for, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but it's something to do with the Illinois state police again. And I'm like, okay, well now we're paying for them building a new headquarters probably, you know, but it's right. just, it's, it, it's just a, a premium fee to help fund this state police thing. And it's going to be on your insurance policy in the state of Illinois. Um, coming up, I, and it's just it's just insane all the taxation. Um, Illinois is just going to die a slow death, and and I, I'm just praying I get to either win the lottery or get to retirement, and 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 I can move on. I mean, I, I got friends I talk to in Illinois, and there's so many people want to leave the state, but there you know some people are, are locked. You know, it's hard to move, um, and now with inflation going crazy and housing's going to probably tank again, it's going to be hard hard to move. But it's just. It's just crazy what's going on. But yet over in Missouri, the governor there wants to cut taxes. So, yeah, well, it's a Republican governor. Uh, he also wants rank voting, which is scary. That scares me. Yeah. That, that scares me. Uh, why, it just tells you he's a liberal in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you look at all these states and all these things they're, they're doing. Uh, uh, was it, uh, I think it was Ingram had on uh, Governor Yunkin in Virginia last night. And she talked about how Virginia tends to follow California on a lot of things. And she said, are you guys going to follow, you know, the electric cars and all that? He was pretty much like, no, not while I'm governor, you mm-hmm. know, but it's, it's just, it, it, it's crazy. You know, all the stuff that, that's going on out there and it's almost, it's becoming overwhelming. Uh, if you think about it, it's every single state. Well, it, it, it's, you've got that. We've always said you've got to stop these people at the local level first. Mm-hmm. And now we know that that begins with school boards. We never, mm-hmm. we never would have thought that, but you best pay attention to school board elections because that's where it all begins. And so mm-hmm. you start there and then you go to the local mayors and then you go to the aldermen and then you go to the state representatives and the, and the governor and the senators and the congressmen. That's where it needs to go. And that's the pecking order. You got to start at the bottom, the very bottom now and make sure the school boards are taken care of and then follow suit at every other level. And, and speaking of voting like that, you know, with school boards and just voting in general, um, I had something sent to me by a friend the other day that was from the Illinois Republican Party, I believe is who it was from. And they were talking about the mail-in ballots. And I don't know if this is true or not or if it would work or not, but they were talking about uh, ordering your mail-in ballot. They send it to you in the mail, but don't mail it back in. 
if you take it to the polling place the day of the voting and you say, I got this mail-in ballot, but I want to vote now here in person, they have to log in that you've not voted and they have to let you vote. You turn in the mail-in ballot and they were claiming that's a way to keep them from cheating on the mail-in ballots. Do you follow my, what I'm trying to say there? Mm -hmm. And and saying it's a way that if you show up at the polling place with your mail-in ballot, they have to let you vote normal and they have to take that mail-in ballot out of commission, so to speak. And I'm just wondering if that would be, if that is a good way to, fight back against this mail-in voting, which in Illinois now, they're trying, you know, they're, they've made it permanent. And um, you can even sign up to be permanent mail-in ballot by whatever party you want to be, which I would tell people don't ever do that because it probably take you six ways from Sunday to get out of that if you ever sign up for it. But I don't know if that would work in other states or, Kevin, if your research and assistant, you can find it. If this is like a legitimate way that they have to then pull that mail-in ballot out if go to vote with it, the day of the election. I don't know either, but I, I know this mail-in balloting is ripe for fraud. And if we're not policing this stuff by we, I mean the Republican parties in every single jurisdiction, if they're not policing it, they're going to get fleeced again. And then they're going to whine and complain and call the liberals cheaters. And they are, but you're dumbasses. I think I'd rather be called a cheater than a complete moron. Yep. And, and my message to all Republicans out there, all local Republican parties, you need to get a bunch of volunteers lined up right now and go poll watch, go watch at the courthouses, go watch everything they're doing and document with your video on your phone, just like they did back in this past election with, you know, uh, with and catch them putting up cardboard over windows and shutting people out. And, and you're going to have to fight back against it because you know it's going to happen again. And now that we know it's going to happen, go fight against it. Um, because it's blatant that they're going to try it. They're, they're not even hiding it anymore. The mail-in balloting is proof of that. Um, they, we need an army. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, need an army. Well, we need an army of volunteers to go out and watch electioneering from every facet. And if, and if the Republicans aren't doing that, then they're fools. They're, they're just fools. Well, they are fools, and I think we already know that. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think what you said earlier, Kevin, made sense. I think we have a split within the Republican Party, and I think we do have a deep state there with McConnell and McCarthy and, and Karl Rove and all them, because they're part of that deep state. They're afraid of being found out, and, and, and I, I really think that a lot of them on the Republican side, too, they're afraid of what Trump may have, what he may have declassified that they know about. Well, the, everybody's afraid. afraid of that, because it's yeah, clear they, that he has these liberals by the short ones. So they know it. That's why they're rating him. There's no other reason is Hillary Clinton can sit there and say they've been patient and they've been trying to be quiet and blah, 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 blah. She's full of it. They're all full of it. We know what he has and it's damning to them or they wouldn't care. Because if he runs, that's when he's going to bring it all out. And that's why they don't want him to run because they, they know he knows what's there. They know he's seen inside the inside books. Uh, he's seen it all because as president, he had a right to see everything. And uh, they're afraid of what he has declassified and what he what he's going to do. I mean, that's just plain as day what's going to happen. Hey, hey, Kevin, can I switch gears to baseball for a minute? Real quickly, yeah, then we got to move on. Okay. Um, apparently, MLB is going to, the Rules Committee is going to be voting on some new rules today. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that, because apparently we have a society, as we know, that has a very short attention span and we and that. So they're trying to, to speed up the game with these rules. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
Well, the, the key is which rules are they trying to change. And when you look at the pitch clock, which is one of them, um, I'm in favor of that. The pitchers don't need all that time in between pitches. It's ridiculous. Uh, you didn't have to tell Bob Gibson to hurry it up. Uh, and it, it, any pitcher that has a functioning brain understands that if you're not laboring out there and, and taking forever between pitches, your defense is much more likely to be on their toes and ready to make a play. But if you jack around, they're falling asleep, they're looking at the girl in the third row that's good looking, and they don't care when the ball gets hit to them. Because if you're going to take all that time, they just don't care. So that's one that I like. Um, they, they're also going to talk about the pitcher step, stepping off the rubber for a third time without a pickoff throw. That's going to be a balk if it passes. And they'll call a strike if the hitter isn't ready in the batter's box with eight seconds remaining on the pitch clock. Now, there's going to be a lot of confusion here. The umpires are going to be have to, having to keep time. Uh, certainly somebody is. But it, it's all geared at speeding up the games, and they're going to outlaw the shift, of course, as well, which to me is the number one thing they have to do. And the hitting team can uphold the play, or they can have a ball called if a pitch is thrown with an Ill- illegal defense, a shift in other words. So all of those rules are good, trying to speed up the game, but keeping track of them all in a game for the umpires is going to be difficult. The number one play is the the time clock on the pitcher and the shift being outlawed. Those are the numbers one and one A as far as I'm concerned. Do you think that it will result in another umpire on the field or over like somewhere by the by – the, uh dugout that will press a button or something that will call the will call the, the play or buzz buzz a buzzer or something if the pitch clock runs out or well they'll have to do something the umpire's going to have something in his pocket that that somebody's going to have to communicate with him but you're going to have now you're going to have arguments well it wasn't 20 seconds it was uh, 13 seconds i mean that, that that you can see it coming and, and then with this, if this goes through and happens what's going to happen to all this advertisement they do i mean they're going to have to cut back on some of these advertisements speeding up the game because they talk about so much between pitches with advertisements, and TV and radio. And, um, and, and, and are they going to maybe have uh, 10 commercials between innings instead of five to give more commercial time that way? Uh, is it truly going to speed up the game, I guess, would be my question. Well, that's the question. Will these people be arguing over the nuances of 13 seconds versus 15 seconds? What, what What's going to happen? You know, Oh, no, my shortstop, he was right behind second base, so that counts as being on the left side of second base. You're going to you're gonna hear those arguments, I guarantee you. And that will have and the I, opposite and I like, effect. And I, I like the rule against the shift a little bit. I think it's just play within your position parameter. If you're a shortstop, you've got to be between second and third somewhere. You know, same thing. I, I like that a little bit to force the positionality of it. Um, um, I kind of like that one. All right, good stuff, Kevin. I appreciate it. Hey, Kevin, as always, God bless you, brother. Have a blessed weekend um, uh, and and uh, just wish you all the best. And uh, um, I don't know what else to say sometimes other than, God, we need you now more than ever. Keep praying, folks. Keep praying. You got it. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye now. Our uh, lines are open, 636-538-0746, Some of the minor leagues, I don't know if all of them are, but some of the minor leagues are experimenting with these rules changes right now. I don't know what the feedback has been, and I don't know what it is. You know, remember they, they did this a, a few years ago in Major League Baseball. They had a pitch clock. It was out in center field. It was a, a like a play clock in football. But all of a sudden it went away. So I don't know why i don't know what the findings were i don't know i guess if they discovered it really didn't change the game that much but the minor league ballparks apparently have these clocks all over the place for that 
Now, as far as the batter being ready to hit with eight seconds left on the pitch count, how the hell are you going to define what is being ready to hit? I guess if you're in the batter's box, and if you're in the batter's box, you better be ready. That's the way it's always been as far as I'm concerned. You step in that batter's box, buddy, and I'm pitching. And if you're not ready, that's your fault. And when the guy turns around to the umpire and calls time, don't give him time. And don't allow for people like Skip Schumacher to even play the game. A guy who steps out of the batter's box on every pitch and adjusts his batting gloves whether he swung or not. Those kind of guys need to be banned. They're a, they're a human rain delay. That's what they are. And baseball doesn't need them. There, there's no way that you should have to tell people how to speed the game up. Just play the game like it's always been played. But baseball gets in its own way. Always has and always will. You know, it's, it's just like at some point somebody made the determination that if you're at a baseball game, the game itself isn't entertaining you enough, so the music and everything else that goes on in between innings has to be something that will keep your interest because the game is too dull. Having said that, they still they, they are dull. And I don't know what, what they can do to change that other than partially is getting rid of that shift because it will allow for more offense that aren't home run driven runs and let players learn how to play the game properly. Level swing, not uppercut, because uppercuts result in either home runs or walks. The ball's not in play, and there's a lot of that. So that's what I'd like to see. It's just bizarre. Very bizarre. Phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. You're welcome to join the show anytime you like on any of the topics that we've talked about, but we're getting close to running out of time anyway. And I think we'll do that. We'll just check it out, and we'll be back at it on Monday morning. Fighting the good fight for you. We're thankful that today is Friday, Saturday Eve. Everybody enjoy themselves. Have a safe and happy weekend. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. So long, everybody. Ah!